Welcome to She's Got Soul, Journey of the Modern Women podcast. I am your host, Coloma, psychologist, neuroscientist, primatologist, movement instructor, and mindfulness coach. A woman in her flow knows what she wants, feels empowered and free, and lives in the natural state of high vibration she was born to embody. This is what this show is about, a call to all women whose purpose is to express their creativity and sensuality, who are ready to experience life from a place of alignment and connectedness. In today's episode, we will talk about our feminine frequency, what it is, how we can tap into it, and how we can accelerate our divine healing powers to unlock those parts of ourselves that need to be acknowledged and embraced. We'll learn to utilize our own energy to create the life we want, what we want to manifest and to attract. For this, we have today Venus Celia, a channel, master healer and light codes activator of the new divine feminine embodiment. She's an absolute pure channel of light that is deeply devoted to carrying the vibrational frequency of unity healing for all life and Gaia. She has the gifts of being, claircognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. She works with the angelic and galactic realms to initiate her clients farther along their soul journey. Her intention is to be the clearest channel of source light as they ascend through their transformational healing, empowering them while activating their healing powers and unlocking their highest potential. Thanks so much for being here. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm just really honored to be here and to be a part of this and to share. And I'm just really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Before going too deep into what we're going to talk about today, I would like that you shared with the listeners a little bit about your personal journey. How long have you been doing what you do and what brought you to do it absolutely so be such beautiful questions I've been doing what I've been doing <laughs> I mean mm -hmm. even though it's continuously growing um I mean I've been doing this on this path for about eight years mm -hmm. and my original birth name is actually Celia Ramona Gellert and um through a really big experience that happened just about three years ago, um, I slowly started to, to like shift my, my whole identity and perception and really embodied the version that you see here today that is sharing. And, and so my name is Venus Celia Ra and the Ra at the end represents the sun and my, um, deep connection to Egyptian, um, history and um, healings and just all that beautiful work that I've done on so many different lifetimes and in different dimensions. So the work that I've been doing has been almost like a, a slow, I, I like to use like analogies almost in a way in symbolism, but like if you see like a snowball rolling, it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, that's literally how just I see it. It's just growing and expanding 
Um, and I first began my journey, my awakening process uh, when I was 21 and I'm 34 now. And my older brother at the time, he was 33 years old. So the year of Yeshua, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but he died really suddenly in, in a really bad accident. And I was still, you know, I was going through kind of what we're all kind of groomed to do, go to college, have a really good boyfriend or girlfriend, and then get married, get a house, and have kids. Like, this was the plan. <laughs> make your parents happy. And I was always just really striving to um, make my mom and dad so proud of me and, you know, get really good grades. And it just didn't feel like me. Um, you know, now looking back at it, I was just really going through the motions um, and not understanding there was more to life. Um, there was more to me that I wasn't even tapping into. And so when my brother died, this was such a big catalyst, not only for me experiencing really deep, deep, deep emotion of grief and all the stages of grief, but also it opened myself up to what happens when you die? Because I was so just kind of closed off. I didn't even really appreciate or have gratitude for what was in my life. You know, I was just so, oh, I want more. I want this. I want new clothes. I want new stuff. And I want to feel good. I want to go shopping. Very materialistic. Um, and so it just really changed my life. And I, yeah, it was really just such a huge catalyst for for where I am today because it, it almost in a way really grounded me down <laughs> into earth. And I don't know if you're familiar with astrology, but I have absolutely no earth in my chart. And um, I'm a fire sun and a Scorpio moon and an air rising. So I have the mystical elements there and absolutely no earth in my chart. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this was just such a big like eye-opening journey for me and through, I was still in my corporate job at this time, and I was living with my boyfriend of seven years. We had a dog. I was doing the things right, but I was so unhappy. I was working like a, so many hours a week. Like I was just working, working, working. Um, and then I just decided one day that I was going to – I met someone from San Diego. And I was like, wow, they're so different and – they're talking about like this life that I don't like, are we in the same state? Like what? Like we're in the same country. Like, I don't understand. Like, where are you from? I can go, I can drive there. And so I just had this like big feeling inside. Right. And that's, that's like the intuitive feel. It's just like a body sense. You can't really explain it. And so in that moment, I just decided a week later, break up with my boyfriend, quit my corporate job. And I drove cross country wow. um, to California where I am now, where I live in California and um, like journeying throughout California. And now I actually live in San Diego, um, but I started in San Francisco and um, still battling the corporate. Well, I have all this degree in education, but I don't want to do that. I want to do more with people. And, and I know that I'm supposed to be doing something in front of people. So that led me to my my journey with becoming a yoga teacher and that just like totally, I mean, that was it. That like really started the process. You know, my throat chakra opened. I was always so shy. I was always so timid at work. 
in a meeting at, at, at my job, I would never have anything to say. I would never share my voice. I would never share my opinion. I would just agree and, you know, wait till it's five o'clock and then go home and do Netflix and dinner and go to bed and do it all over again. And, and so I just got out of that and it felt so good to like get out, you know, now I look at it. I was like in the matrix. I was just plugged in the matrix Mm -hmm. and just not understanding there was more outside of me that I wasn't tapping into. And so when, you know, throughout my yoga training and my Kundalini awakening happened, right. Mm -hmm. And all of my, my dreams, they were becoming very vivid and I was having out of body experiences and my, like everything just started to flow in. And so that is where my, my gifts really started to come in and they're still coming in even more today. Like, it's kind of amazing how they just keep coming in (laughs) and they just keep building. So that's kind of my, my journey of how I got here today. And um, and now I work with all walks of life, men, women, children, um, and I hold space for them um, and I work with their soul. And so I do, you know, private activations for sacred union, you know, partnership. Everyone wants that outside, but really it starts internally um, creating that harmony of feminine masculine within yourself where you feel so whole, then you can really start to be and call in that person that you want next to you. Um, So I work with couples um, who are kind of going through that phase where they want to be together, but they just keep bumping heads and they don't understand why. And um, so, yeah, I I do those beautiful healing private activations and bring in um, all different kinds of light codes and healing modalities as I channel over 20 different um, light languages. (laughs) And that's, it's growing every day. Um, depending on who I connect with. But um, yeah, and then I administer um, Karuna Ki Reiki healing and that really expanded me even more into my light and helped me ground down and and own my power and understand energy more um, and how to almost like manipulate it. So I was like, I was good, you know, like you create Mm -hmm. your sacred space and you are owning your energy and nothing can come in your field because you are so grounded and centered in your in your space that nothing can come in and when it does you will know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just been a beautiful journey and process I have so much you know to touch upon and share but I feel that is really helpful to share and and I know that it can um anyone who's listening can really connect in and tune in and and um understand where I'm at and maybe where they are right now and how you can get get out and, and really go and do what you want to do and and be almost free from that cage that we kind of were were groomed to be in. So <laughs> I also was in the corporate world and until one day that I was like, I'm just not happy. I have everything. I had a beautiful dog, a beautiful partner, a beautiful apartment in Barcelona. Mm. And I just woke up and was like, what am I doing? And it was when I went to Indonesia and I also uh, dream yoga and uh, but definitely I still have a long way to to go and to learn in the hearing you talk about certain aspects I'm like I want to work with her <laughs> yeah I'm interested in in getting to know um, deeper certain aspects of myself that I haven't uh, looked in, yeah. in yet in your work you talk about how we are all these multi-dimensional beings that are holding this energy of 
our higher self mm -hmm. while we are healing inner child traumas and manifesting prosperity while loving all of our shadows. Um, mm -hmm. Can you share what do you mean when you talk about this energy of our higher self and when you say loving all of our shadows? Absolutely. So we have so many layers to our being. Um, and even, even every day when I, you know, learn more about myself, I'm like, oh, wow, that's there. Okay, I'm going to love that. You know, the things I don't really like, the, that I don't want to represent, you know, we all have that. Oh, I am, you know, funny and kind, but I don't, I'm not going to look at the passive aggressive and um, cynical side of me, you know, like just an example, you know, and we always market ourselves like this is me, I'm perfect and I'm happy and everything is great and I'm this perfect person. That's not real. You know, and we know that. And it's so funny because we know that, but we do it anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's what I really mean when we have so many layers. And I, I look at like a person, you know, I like to use the onion layer because everyone kind of understands that now. But an onion that has a rainbow coloring. So you have so many layers. And, you know, throughout my Reiki training, um, becoming a Reiki master, there's so there's 20 auric bodies on top of you, like a, like a little China, like the little China dolls, you know, and they have like another doll on top and another doll mm -hmm. and, and then it keeps growing. So we have these huge energy bodies that go deep into the earth and go up into the heavens and we we're connecting. For example, if you go into the grocery store and you're next to someone and you're like, oh, I kind of like, like their vibe. You, you don't even have to talk to them. You're connecting energetically. Your energy bodies are talking. I'm like, hey, I like you. And then you can sense the other when you're like, oh, I don't, something's, I don't like that. I don't like that person or I don't like what's happening over there. Your body can sense it. And um, we've been so programmed to desensitize from that, you know, from fluoride in our water, fluoride in the toothpaste, really calcifying the pineal gland, um, which is really really important to decalcify, you know, adding the spirulina and the heavy metal detox smoothie um, into your diet and really cleaning out your internal body. Um, so it's, it's really acting at a high vibration and frequency. And so when we have these many layers of our being um, and they start to open up, the more work we do, the more um, we get to know ourselves, the more energy healing or any kind of healing. There's so many modalities out there. There's so many gifted people out there. Um, and everyone, I truly believe, is a healer. Everyone is a healer, a channeler, um, and, and such a beautiful human. And everyone has such unique gifts to offer that that's where I just see our energy bodies really expanding um, and growing. And so throughout that process, there is so much to discover um, within yourself, within your inner child, um, when we really talk about that. And, you know, the inner child can also be referred to as the dark night of the soul. They both sound kind of really intense. <laughs> so I, you know, however you want to label it, but it's really just getting to know yourself more. You know, it's really just understanding who you are, which is currently currently always changing, right? Um, that's something I talk about with my partner 
it's like we're constantly changing so you have to communicate last week I like broccoli this week I really like asparagus <laughs> so you know <laughs> just as an example <laughs> and it's to like own that truth and so from my experience and and I'm the kind of person where I will only share and teach um, and that's in my healings and that's in the words I choose to use what I have personally experienced and overcome. And then I'm ready to share it because I know it from every angle, the depths and the highs, and then I can really meet the person and, and really share. So when we come to that term right now, and you know, when people say like, Oh, just love yourself, just love yourself. I was at a point where I was like, that really annoys me because I don't love myself. And how do I even do that right now? <laughs> you know, I was so like, I don't understand that. Like, what am I just supposed to sit here and say, I love me and that's going to make everything better? Honestly, no, it's not. It's If someone is depressed or highly anxious or dealing with a lot of stress, they're going to be like, screw that. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, we're being real here. I'm super real. Yeah. And so those methods, like, you know, the beautiful affirmations and the mantras and the prayers only really work when we've shifted something internally, you know, when we've really looked at ourselves, and it's always helpful when someone else can guide you and you're like, wow, I'm still holding on to that stuff with my mom and I want to forgive her. You know, I'm going to, I want to forgive her and I want to forgive myself. Um, so the Hawaiian Ho'opono prayer is so beautiful and important. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. Um, and I'm sorry, you know, it's just really like over and over and over. And so when I say, you know, love all of you, that comes from really starting in like one place of like, what can I love about myself right now in this moment? Um, I can love that I don't know how to love myself. That's cool. I accept that. And it's just having that truth and, and being honest with yourself. Because I found with myself, with my throat chakra so blocked, and I couldn't express, I was lying to myself. And I would lie to like, not like big lies, but little white lies to other people. Like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Inside, I'm dying. You know, inside, I'm just like, no, I'm so stressed. I'm worried about paying rent. And I don't know what's going to happen in my future. And I just have this thing with this person at work. And, you know, I want to say that. But like there was no space, you know, to, to express myself at that moment or I wasn't able to create that space. So throughout really opening my throat chakra, I was even catching myself and I still do that now where I'm like, I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not being truthful. And that's where um, it's just an example of how to really love yourself in every moment um, and to be super honest and that will keep you in line with your integrity. And that integrity will really set the standard for your boundaries and how people teach you and treat you. Um, because everything is so connected, right, um, in that aspect. So I hope that answers your question. I feel like I went off a little bit <laughs> no, on the totally. tangent and then I came back. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. We have to love the parts of ourselves that we disown or that we're not honest about and the first step is like acknowledge them and mm -hmm. pay attention to them embrace them as well as much as we do with our what we consider positive um, yeah yeah and um you also talk about feminine and masculine energies and from my understanding the divine feminine manifests with qualities of restoration renewal creation 
healing, more receptivity or, or mm. openness, nurturing, love, compassion, insight, wisdom, forgiveness, moon connection, right? But how do we identify this divine feminine within us? How do we really tune in her frequency? Mm, I love this question so much. Um, thank you for asking that. And I'm, I'm you know, tuning in right now um really tuning into my my inner inner guidance and my inner goddess inside who really guides me in in exploring and expanding and and sharing so most of us i don't want to say all but most of us men and women were groomed to be in the masculine most there's a few rare birds I find where I'm like, wow, <laughs> I love your soul journey right now. <laughs> You're so embodying the feminine. It's so beautiful. Um, but even for me, I was groomed to be in my masculine. And so the journey there, and I'm going to share because I think there's some connections we can all make. I'm just being guided by my guides to share is when I was younger, I had more guy friends than girlfriends. That already is a sign. I have a problem with the feminine. I wanted to be the only one. I was the only, you know, I'm the best. I'm the queen bee. No one else is queen bee. That kind of thing. I was that. I was one of that. I was that person. You know, I, I will so truthful. Like I was that and I was so proud of it. I have a lot of guy friends like this is, you know, I'm super cool and I don't really get along with, I wasn't getting along with my mom. I wasn't getting along with women and like women in general, you know, um, and we're talking like I'm 16, <laughs> you know, I'm like 16 years old here in this scenario. And then I would watch these movies and I would, I would just be like, wow, I really love that sisterhood. Like I kind of missed that. And when I went to college, I really was wanting that. I almost joined a sorority. And then I was like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> that's not happening. Um, but I was always craving um, to be heard by a woman. But I didn't know how to go about that. And uh, throughout my journey, my own journey, I when I moved to from San Francisco to Santa Monica, I had three and a half years um, where I was completely almost, I want to say alone and kind of just like understanding who I was because I was changing at such a rapid pace. And I did a lot of inner healing on myself, a lot of healing with my mother. Um, and when I really started to do that, then I noticed the people that would come to me, the women, they were also healing stuff with their mom their womb. And I really, you know, I really started my business in womb healing. I would heal just a lot of women who went through a lot of sexual trauma, just a lot of, you know, emotion um, and betrayal. And so throughout that process, you know, whenever I work with someone, I also see a part of me in them. And then I was like, wow, I'm so connected to these women. Like I see myself in this woman. And so throughout that journey, that's when my, my wounded feminine was healing. She was healing. You know, the, the, the defensiveness and getting like really emotional and not knowing how to express my emotion. Um, I was really starting to channel that into more creativity, more dance, 
um, more healing paintings and meditations. I would record meditations. Um, teaching yoga really helped. But I would find these avenues where in the past, maybe I would go out and have a glass of wine. I now would turn to my drawing board or I would write, you know, poetry. I have books of poetry that I've written during that time. And that's when I really started to see the big shift in myself where I wasn't wanting to numb out anymore. And I was wanting to face the pain that was coming up to be healed. So I could really embody that divine feminine who was, she was coming out. Um, and that's who you see in front of you today and who you hear. And so through that process, I share that. So there's just a little bit, I feel like for some people that are going to be listening subconsciously, you're going to like get that message. Um, because as soon as I realized that I was numbing out, you know, going out instead of just taking a bath and chilling, <laughs> staying at home, you know, or having some alone time, not always needing someone to be around and make me feel better and, you know, eat something sweet or, you know, I was noticing what my body was really wanting and what my mind was like, hey, but we do this. And I was like, we don't do that anymore. Retraining my subconscious mind really got me into that place of being in the divine feminine because we all have that. We have the wounded masculine um, and the wounded feminine and then the higher aspects. So divine masculine, divine feminine. And everyone has those energies within us. And most of us growing up with our family, whoever was taking care of us, I really do feel our generation was that big starting point of like healing our ancestors and our mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers and so forth. So, um, and now I see the, the generation that is younger. Um, they're so open, so turned on to spirit and, and guided. And um, it's just so beautiful to see that transition because it's working. We've done so much work. Um, but I feel like we were kind of that center point of, transition you know it's like we were shifting the gears and that sometimes a little takes a little bit longer um, I know some people who were literally in the middle of a family they had a wife and kids and then they went through their awakening during that process and everything shifted so everyone's at different points in their lives but understanding um, you know those two energies and how to navigate them is really just tuning into your own being because even to this day, we don't have a, a great example of divine masculine, divine feminine. We don't. I mean, I can't think of anyone who is fully embodying that. Um, and so we are really the pioneers for that. And, there's, and, I, and I like to always put it back on, on the person and say, you are your own guide. You're your own master healer. What does that mean for you, divine masculine? Because that could mean something different for me. And there's no right or wrong. You know, that's where we get really stuck when we want to put a box in something and be like, this is divine masculine or this is divine feminine. But that's not correct because it could be so many things. Um, you know, just like we have so many shades of color of skin. We, we can't define something that is undefinable because we are all holding the keys to that. So um, that's kind of my, my answer in regards to that because there's so many facets and layers of divine feminine, of divine masculine that are showing up now more and more prevalent because men 
are going through their empowerment movement and really starting to open up. So we're seeing them, them become more free, just like women. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I feel like I went off on another like tangent, but there was so much information flowing. I mean, I tuned in and, and I'm, I just channel information through. So. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so much information. <laughs> so I was thinking that we all live surrounded by distractions from social media to TV and mm-hmm. to being bombarded with health products and even experiences. And I think that the more distracted we are, the more we are connected to the external world and therefore mm-hmm. less connected we are within ourselves. And I mean, any distraction uh, kind of disconnects us from our core as you were saying and it is pretty obvious with drugs uh, because they numb out our sensations so the more we consume the less attention we give to ourselves but this also happens um, when we are constantly told that with whatever skin product we will look younger Mm -hmm. for example oh fits the idea of not accepting who we already are they are telling us to be and look different Mm-hmm. younger healthier more fit whatever so in a sense this all facilitates separation among humans as well because yes. the less we feel the less we can connect with another mm-hmm. or the more we different we want to be or look and the less energy we we invest in bonding or creating community and help each other and so it all promotes like disintegration or fragmentation we don't pause and identify if we're operating from our masculine or feminine as you were saying like mm-hmm. in a painful situation if we engage in any activity to dilute the pain um whatever this is like drinking or going shopping is just an impulse that is not mm-hmm. grounded in our divine feminine or, or masculine right and we're not in our healthy masculine for example when we we don't set boundaries such as we don't need to spend money right now because we are doing so because we're in pain and we want comfort, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't pause and, and ground ourselves. We don't use this rational or we are not in this consciousness. And can you expand a little more uh, on that in this perspective? Absolutely. Um, and so something that came up while you were talking that I want to touch upon, because I feel like there's this like unsaid thing of when you're spiritual, then you're like, good. Even in the spiritual, whatever, however you want to look at it, community, there are loopholes where I see lots of people just going on trend. Oh, I'm going to go do ayahuasca this weekend. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to go do peyote or I'm going to go and I'm going to so when we're when we're constantly again seeking outside of ourselves and experience and I'm and I'm not you know I'm not putting down these beautiful plant medicines. I've experienced ayahuasca, I've experienced combo. Um, however, there's there's a, a point where you must then do the work and the processing and and tune into yourself of like, why do you feel you need something outside of yourself to connect, to get a message, to understand yourself deeper? Um, and so this is really important to share because I feel just like with anything, there's like an on trend, you know, and then and, and I see a lot of people fall down that that rabbit hole 
um, where they're doing like ayahuasca every weekend. And I'm like, where are you processing all of that information? You know, I, mm -hmm. I, um, when I journeyed with that plant medicine, I didn't need to ingest the plant medicine to have the experience. I had the experience the week prior. And when I told my facilitator, I feel like I've already experienced the medicine. The look I got was confusion of how is that possible? And um, I just, you know, I looked back and I was like, well, that's my truth. Like, I feel like I already had an experience. And, and that's what really, that's, that's what I took away where, where we can have any experience. That's how powerful we are. That's how powerful our minds are. Um, you know, that goes into manifestation, that goes into prosperity, as we were touching upon earlier, and also sacred union and partnership. The two big things that we all want, love and money. That's literally, you know, people people want that because it's, you know, it, it gives you adventure and excitement and, and so much freedom. But when we're constantly seeking that outside of ourselves and we haven't found a way to cultivate that inside, that's where tools come in handy. That's where it's really important to maybe go take a workshop that's going to uplift you or find a healer who you resonate with and want to do deep work that's empowering you, that's not putting you down or, or making you feel like you need them every single week to hold your hand, that's not a good leader. You want someone who's going to empower you, who sees you as an equal, who says, come sit next to me because you are me and I am you. And there's no hierarchy anymore. There's no teacher student of like, I'm better than you because I have all this information. It's we're helping each other remember from that aspect. So um, to bring that all back, <laughs> there's like so much that wants to come through, but this is really that, um, that sacred dance and that balance that comes in and like understanding when we are not always in and we're not always going to be in pure high manifestation mode. Um, you know, if you listen to Abraham Hicks, it can kind of get you feeling down about yourself like, oh man, like I'm in a negative headspace right now. But understanding you're human, and then that's all right. Same with divine masculine and divine feminine energies. If you're not in that space, it's okay. You know, maybe something's coming up for your inner child and it's time for you to go on a weekend alone in nature and reconnect with yourself. Um, so I love to just give people information and then options and for everyone to then be their own guide and and leader and understand how can I lead myself through this process right now and, um, and really align with my truth. And that will always set the soul freer and freer and freer. Um, the more that, you know, we can all do that. And I hope that answers your question. Totally. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's so important. <laughs> it is. And actually in relation to what we're talking about, uh, it's all distractions. Anything that comes from the outside, it can be distractions, right? And they play a role in our unhealthiness if we're not aware of them. Like, or we don't take time to tap into our energies. Mm -hmm. And I especially see that in men as well. Like, uh, especially those who have been repressed as children and don't know or haven't learned how to be vulnerable. As somehow they have integrated that vulnerability is a sign of weakness instead of mm -hmm. strength, or they just don't feel 
comfortable being vulnerable as they don't feel they are in control or in their power. And it is interesting for me because the mature and healthy man recognizes that by allowing the intuition to lead, he becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. He knows that he needs the feminine. And I'm not referring to the feminine energy from a woman, but to his own feminine as well. Mm. This letting go of the need for control and softening more into his nurturing and compassionate voice. And all of this just brings me to think about humility as well, like how it is related to men becoming healthy and how we can inspire as women, our brothers to practice that. How can we uh, embrace that within the world as women? Mm. What are your thoughts on, on that? This is beautiful because this really ties into um, something I, I talked about with a dear brother of mine yesterday. And <laughs> I'll share a little bit, but, you know, we met like leaving the grocery store, he's coming in, I'm leaving. And he's like, oh, I was reading this book on, you know, something feminine rising. And I'm like, oh, I love that you're listening to this song, like on your, on your earbuds right now. That's amazing. He's mm-hmm. like, I just really want to like understand, you know, my own feminine and I want to understand women and I'm learning so much about my past relationships and And, um, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, this is the kinds of circles that I really like to hold. And I want to see more of where it's not just sister circles and not just brother circles, but community circles where we're coming together and we're having these conversations um, where we're becoming more united. Because I ever since like two years for, for two years now, I'm really really supporting unity consciousness, you know, where we are unified, where we're coming together. We had our women's empowerment movement. I was a big part in that. Um, And now this year, I really feel the men are moving through their empowerment movement. They're understanding who they are and what they want and who they want to represent themselves to the world. And I feel so many layers and shackles being released of the men and they're able to just kind of soften. And it's And it may be a little confusing for some because there's so much emotion that's coming up that's been repressed for such a long time, not only in themselves, but generationally. Um, You know, when I work with men, especially, it's just such big transformational sessions because they feel so much lighter. Um, And I see their feminine come out and then they're like giggling and (laughs) laughing and you know, that's, that is wholeness right there. And that is true nature. A man doesn't have to be so stoic and serious and macho and, you know, how we've been kind of portrayed that in society, even through movies. And he can be giggly and wear different colors and and it doesn't matter who he is wanting to make love with. That is none of our business. Same for women. Um, You know, and that goes into putting labels on each other and putting ourselves in boxes. Um, so I find that it's just such a beautiful process when we have that ability to hold space for all beings, all walks of life and have these conversations. Um, and I really encourage that for men right now to start asking questions, to start connecting with women that they want, you know, to expand with or, um, share information, And so I think that's really the gateway. And I think it's starting to happen. I'm seeing that happening, um, even on my end. Uh, I've been asked to speak with a few brothers on their podcasts and really loving that dynamic 
right? Um, because we're learning so much from the other side. We're like, oh, wow, didn't realize that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's still happening in 2021. Um, so, I, you know, to answer your question in that way, I feel it's really coming into that unity consciousness and exploration of how can I look at my myself and also this goes into partnership. How can, you know, when I look at my partner, how can I look at him and also just look at him like a person, not this person who my mother and father groomed me to look for, who is, you know, attributes, um, you know, and so it's really interesting to see that shift um, where I can just see him as a person and not someone who has these standards that I have like engraved in my subconscious, but just as a, as a human being, you know, small example of like, do men drive or do the women drive? And is it okay if, you know, you switch little things like that really, because we've, you know, I was programmed like men are the only ones who drive and they open your door and like, you know, super, super, super like high Royal treatment, but you know, that's not where we're at anymore. Um, but it's interesting because I'll feel at times where I'm like, I'm feeling really weird right now, but I know that I'm okay. You know, if I'm driving and like my boyfriend's in the passenger and I'm like, I'll have like, I feel my subconscious and I'll feel that feeling where I'm like, oh, I was trained over so many lifetimes that this is not right, you know, but it is totally fine because I don't have a problem with it and there's nothing that's wrong, but it's those little moments um, that we, it's so interesting when we, you become so self-aware, we are able to just laugh that off like, oh, that's still there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, that's so silly. Like, why does that even matter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If only as women, we'll allow for a space for, in, we're talking about men right now, allow mm-hmm. them to cook, for example. Yes. Right? Simple acts like that. Maybe we can also embrace or yeah allow for space for them to tap into their feminine or relax a little more because they are in their masculine as well at the office like go 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 all the time right Mm -hmm. so we can also help them uh, soften a little at home but as individuals how do we create balance between the two I love that question mm-hmm. so much. I feel that's like a multi-layer question of within your within your being and then also within partnership. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll focus on, you know, how do you create that balance within yourself? Um, and that for me, I feel like is a day-to-day kind of balance because there's some days where I'm, you know, depending on my cycle, my, my moon cycle, some weeks I'm like, I'm more in my masculine, I'm planning, I'm doing things. And then, you know, the following week I'm resting. Mm -hmm. I'm more in that nurturing state. Um, And I find that in partnerships and relationships that are expanding me, I'm able to go back and forth really easy. But when I look at my old relationships and even I'm speaking all romantic and friendships, I would either mostly be in one you know, for, for my partnerships, when I look back, I was constantly in my wounded feminine. And then in my, my relationship, my friendships, I was more in my masculine, um, which is so interesting. I was the one planning and going, let's doing, and then I would get irritable. Like, okay, I don't want to do that every time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but how do I express that? 
So it's really interesting to see that. And, and that comes with self-awareness. Um, many practices of self-awareness meditation is a great tool for just becoming aware of your emotions and where they're coming from. And all of the time, it has nothing to do with the person in front of you. It's always with yourself. And that's a hard truth to swallow. Even in those moments where you're like, I really don't like that person right now. I'm going to go sit with this. I'm going to look inside. Why am I really hurting? Why is this really bothering me? Um, and what is it bringing up? And so that's where you can be holding space for yourself as a divine masculine and then a feminine. And that's what I do for myself. You know, if I have a trigger, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like hold space for myself. I set my boundary. I need a few days to process. You know, that's my masculine coming out of like, this is my boundary. Mm-hmm. And then it's also your divine feminine in a way where she's articulating that with grace and with calmness and just and beautiful words, not using any harsh negative words that can inf- inflict pain or suffering on the other person, but really speaking with grace and kindness, even though you might be so pissed, <laughs> you know, that is the divine feminine. It's like looking at you smiling and being like, yes, I need like a day to process this. And inside you're like, I want to rip your head off, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally, right? So holding that space for yourself is a great practice because then you can tell someone else how to do that for you. And that's how it goes. That's what I do with my partner. It's like, okay, if, you know, this happens, I need this to happen for me. And so that is where that really happens. And, and so I hope that's, that's super clear. And it's very important to talk about these things because our parents didn't teach us, right? You know, I remember as a little girl, just seeing my parents fight and then my dad brings my mom flowers and then it's all good. I'm like, oh, okay. And so when that was happening in my earlier relationships, I was like angry, you know, because it was reminding me of that time. And I was like, but I have all these emotions I want to express and they're being dismissed and flowers are not going to take the place of my emotions, you know? So it's so interesting when we think of like the dynamics that we've seen in partnerships and the examples our parents or our caretakers have given us um, and what late like stays in our minds, you know, from that moldable age of, of um, you know, when you come out of your mother's womb, zero to seven years, you're, you're so moldable. And then that stays with you. And then if you don't heal that, then you are a 42-year-old person who has, you know, five-year-old mommy issues or daddy issues still replaying and projecting. So, yeah. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, but everything, we can relate this to our ancestors too. Mm -hmm. How can we heal our ancestral inheritance? Mm, I love this. So, Whenever I work with someone, we're always healing on the ancestral line. Like they will come in, they will show themselves to me, whether we go back Mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30 generations on either side, mother, father. Mm -hmm. Um, But just knowing that whenever you are receiving any energy healing or any kind of meditation or any kind of body work, or you emotionally are healing yourself and you and you know that. You know when you are in a good place and when you have healed and, and you've gotten to a next level of your existence. You know that. Um, so I don't want to like pinpoint what that is specifically because there's so many gray areas. But when you do that, you are always healing 
someone in your family. Like you are always healing. Every time I work on myself, I receive healing from my healer. I know that my family is healing. And I will get confirmation of like this emotion you've been carrying was from your mom. Oh, okay. Or this pain that you were projecting into your energy field was from your father. Oh, okay. And that also goes into, you know, their ancestors as well. So we're constantly rising each other. That's why it's so important to, to, to do this work, to be on your path, you know, whatever you're called to do, whatever your message is to share in the world, um, because everyone is, is benefiting, whether you know that or, or you're just starting to kind of get into that space. Um, but I even... You know, I've even received confirmation when my, my dad recently passed um, December 12th of 2020. And I received confirmation of when he had fully transitioned. And, um, and it's always so interesting because from both of my parents, I've always learned about their traumas, not verbally from them, like physically. It's always been through another, you know, my dad's transitioned, but he he told me and he showed me, you know, the way he was and like he went through this trauma as a young boy where he was beaten. And I was like, I never knew this. And I never, ever knew this. And for 70 years, you know, with my dad, I'm just like, wow, I had no idea that this happened to you. But, you know, that was kind of why he also um, didn't fully express himself and wasn't able to show his emotion. Um so it was really interesting, uh, you know, and so, and now from his, from the other realm, he understands the work I'm doing, but he didn't understand. And so you always have communication, whether you want it or not. And I, and I know, and I share that just as confirmation that your loved ones, whether they're here or not, they're feeling the healing you're doing. They're feeling your, your expansion, um, because energy is everything and it's so real and that is the realest thing um, and that is felt throughout our existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. And the past is manifesting in the now, like, and this is related to the intergenerational trauma, right? That we mm -hmm. experience symptoms of someone else's trauma in our family, for example, and sometimes we don't even recognize or we we experience symptoms that were not originated in us um, mm -hmm. but it's not until we do some digging that we can explain why we feel this way and at the end of the day it all comes to loving oneself enough mm -hmm. the care of our deepest wounds and being forgiving and compassionate to that inner child that you were talking about but also to our past or ancestors or family members and in relation to that, I think I've read in some of your posts or stories, the concept in loveness, mm. um, <laughs> which I love. Can you explain to the listeners what it is or what do you mean by that? Oh, yes. I, I love this. Okay. <laughs> so the, the word actually, this, this feeling really came from my my. After my dad passed and I, I was guided to go sit with plant medicine my very first time, I was guided by my ancestors. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, 
I'm good. I see. St- I'm good. Like I see things. I feel it. Like I'm so good. Like I don't need to go have an experience. And my ancestors were like, no, you need to go for us. Like we, we need you to go. And I'm like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the word that came throughout that entire time, you know, when I signed up to the very end, the word in loveness was coming through in my meditation, just every day, the feeling like I would have these waves of bliss and euphoria. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. What is happening? <laughs> you know, and so the word in loveness was born in my vocabulary. I was like, I've never heard of this, this Beautiful. word. And so um, I would, you know, I would just tune into my body in the morning. And I have a few different methods, but I would just, you know, I would sit with my hand on my heart my other hand on my, my low belly, my womb space. And I would take a nice big deep breath, you know, through the nose, exhale, open mouth, sigh out. And I would open up my divine masculine, divine feminine with my breath. And I would feel my, my, my womb space expand down into the earth. I'd feel my heart expand as well and, and move upwards through my crown and really connecting to Mother Earth and and the beautiful angelic realms. And then I would invite in loveness in. I would just expand that into my field because it's the most, most powerful energy. It's the most healing energy and the most beautiful energy. You know, so if you are constantly connecting to that and you notice when you're not in that space and you take some time, whether it's a minute or five minutes or 20 minutes, you reconnect and you expand that into your field, into your consciousness. Um, and, and that's where in loveness came in. Um, and that's something that I, I really, I really love to talk about and I love to share that experience. Um, and that comes through, you know, my, my teachings and, and healings and activations. Um, there's just this like euphoric sense, this like state of bliss, you know, even, I've had, you know, so many people before they, we, before we start a healing session, they're giggling and laughing and they're like, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're connected to in loveness. It's like in my energy field, you know, so like that's there and it's so real. Um, but it's helped me really, really stay in a beautiful place of healing, even as I move through grief, um, you know, those like big pockets of grief where that in loveness really helps keep that grounding force with me. Um, and just helps keep your energy field so clear where you're manifesting more of that in loveness. Um, you know, you want that in your life. And so every minute you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in love. I'm in loveness. Like I'm in love with my life. Everything is so beautiful. Like I love everything, even the pain. Like I love that. Like means something better is coming. Yay. You know, and then like you just keep expanding that into your field and really growing it. Um, so I just... I love that practice. Um, I would love to maybe hold space and maybe lead us through meditation at some point, maybe in the future, or um, share that with you and, and your your group of followers. But I feel it's so important to connect um, to that state of, of frequency of being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I'd appreciate that. And also, like the way that you speak, it's so... You radiate love. It's beautiful. And you speak your truth. I can hear your truth and your passion and how the way that you honor your words um, 
I don't even know how to say it, but <laughs> you were talking and I was like, I even closed my eyes for a few minutes. I don't know if you even saw me, but I was just listening to your voice while you were talking and it was so beautiful. And I was thinking, how can we cultivate uh, this voice within ourselves? It's, it's related to our throat chakras, you were saying earlier, so... What practices would you recommend to the modern women so they can embrace speaking their, their truth and radiate this, this love that you absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm receiving that. Um, with your throat chakra, there's so many avenues. There's, there's um, singing, there's toning. Uh, toning in the shower everyone loves to sing there because we sound so good but just singing mm -hmm. using your voice um putting on mantra and um lately i've really been into kundalini mantra it just feels good i'm like i'm doing this i go back and forth from you know uh, like other hindu like mantras and then i go into like it's just all over just taking from everything but a mantra really helps me um get into that frequency and and opens up my throat more because you're tapping into those sacred words that have been like around for such a long time. Um, and also I, I really like to um, paint out what I'm feeling and I, and sometimes I can't express. Um, I'm pretty, pretty good with expressing every emotion that I feel. Um, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I want to express and I don't want to say it out loud. Sometimes they just don't want to. So then I'll like, I'll use watercolor to paint, you know, I'll use different colors to represent my emotions and I'll, I'll feel so much lighter in my throat, but I'll make it intentional of like, okay, I'm going to speak onto the paper. Um, and so that for me really, I've just personally, I found that really helpful. Um, and then throughout my, my process of opening my throat is sharing your voice more, like you know, we have social media. It can be a really good platform. Start doing lives and talking and notice how your mind is going to be like, oh, you don't look good enough. Like you should have brushed your hair more. And oh, you don't sound really good. Like they probably, oh, there's not a lot of followers on here. There's only one person watching your video. You should probably get off now. And those terrible like negative words come in and you're like, oh my God, okay, I'm not going to do this live. And that you, you close your voice. You're like, I'd rather listen to my fear than, than open my voice and share my truth. So whenever that comes up, I say like, go for it. Like share it and don't edit yourself and just put it out into the world because it's going to help someone. One person is enough, but also it's going to help you build your confidence in just sharing and not really caring how people are going to react because it's your truth and, and their opinion is their opinion. You know, we get really caught up in wanting to please everyone. Did I say the right thing? And did I like hurt anyone's feelings? And that's not for you to hold that space. Your space is to, you know, really speak with, with um, grace and clarity and confidence and your truth. Um, so, yeah, I hope that helps. There's like so many different avenues there, but just, just letting this go and flow. Throw <laughs> <Yeah>. freely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that in my past, the first thing that I, every time I got sick, I would lose my voice. Mm -hmm. And it was when I usually didn't speak my truth in some regard. And immediately what I would, would what would happen is I would lose my voice. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing how our body and soul work and um, how this all relates to what you call earlier light code activation. Maybe you can share your two cents of what that is for those listeners who have never heard mm. of this term and how this all has a relationship to the DNA. Yes, and this ties into the throat chakra because, um, and there's no, you know, I'm, I was like, okay, I'm just going to channel throughout this whole, this whole conversation with you. And, and I understand, you know, you've been going through an expansion with your throat chakra as well. And so there's so much wisdom in, in just sharing, you know, where we are truthfully. Um, and the body is so smart. <laughs> it's just so smart. It always shows you like what's going on. Like this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, time to set boundaries and, and really speak your truth and, and have more rest or whatever that is. But light code activation is part of the journey of your ascension and also uh receiving light language and light language is just like sound healing I like to use that similarity um, in in the form that when I am using my voice to transmit a a message and energy that tone that frequency that sound moves into your body and goes very deep into your DNA and it starts to awaken and, and help you remember um, and help you even start to tap into your light language because everyone has that channel. We've just forgot to use it. We've, we think it's kind of weird, some of us, you know, and I feel now it's becoming more accepted and, and it, there's a lot more information out there and more people are tuning in. Um, but that is a part of the light language um, activations and the codes that bring in um, – and I, what happens in those sessions is I, I tune in to your soul, your intentions that you want. You know, you have to meet me halfway <laughs> with what you are, you are wanting to experience. Um, and then in that process, um, I first go and I clear you. I like to work in a clean space. I just make sure I'm completely clear. You're completely clear of all things, all other energies, I just speak of entities and, and other things like that as energy. It's just energy. Um, other cords, any loopholes in you, like we seal it up, we clear it out. And from that space where you're so clear, you're so you're going to already feel like a million times more lighter and clearer and not so cloudy in your head or more grounded in your body and more open in your heart. Then I'll go in. And I connect to your soul family, whoever that is, whether it's um, the Octorians, the Pleiadians, the Lyrans, Syrians, Lycerian. Um, that's one of my home families. It's a Lyran-Syrian hybrid. Um, and they're very feline, very loving, um, beautiful celestial beings that have so much just healing energy to transmit. And so when I speak light language, it's a transmission. It's an activation in itself. And after I speak it, after I channel, then I'm able to kind of tune in and feel the energy that came through. There's no direct translation of words like French to English. Um, it's just energy and you will feel it. Um, and a lot of the times before I'm able, even able to explain, people are already like, oh, I felt this and this happened or physically they're showing me. Um, 
their experience where they just, oh, I felt so much love in my heart or wow, I just felt so soothed and nurtured or I felt very protected, you know, very uplifting. You, you, whenever you experience that kind of energy, you want to always feel uplifted. <laughs> if you're feeling the opposite, um, that's not a good sign. I just like to really make that discernment because there's a lot of people who channel and, um, you know, you want to receive the best information, the best energy and activation. So that's what happens in, in those sessions and just in activations in general. Um, and then we, we also learn about your soul family and about you and um, how you came to be here on this earth and what, if you want to know more, your soul mission, like what are you really here to do? You know, where have you been hiding you know, behind a desk or behind your voice? Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful experience. Um, there's so much that that comes out and it's and it's layers. Um, so I do offer the two 90 minute sessions where there's two different activations and those are for sacred union partnership and also tuning into your soul mission um, and, and any other, you know, intuitive feeling you have of, of expanding yourself. And those are like, those sessions are, are really like for people who have been doing some work and they're like, I, I need like this next step. I need like to blast off. <laughs> like Those are definitely those kinds of sessions. Um, Cause you will be integrating and things will just start to shift like so fast. Um, so beautifully. Um, so that's, that's really, I felt that was really important to share. Um, because there's so many layers for your healing. And so I hope that helps answer your question. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Thank you. And I, I just finally wanted to ask you your viewpoint on eating animals. Absolutely. Point blank. <laughs> I love this question. <sighs> okay. So this is such a delicate topic, right? I know. It's such a delicate but um, I'm just going to be honest and I'm going to share. I um, I think it's my personal – this is my opinion and I'm not opposing it on anyone. These are my – this is my opinion. This is my truth. Um, I've physically felt the difference. I've grown up as Hungarian. I'm Hungarian. So I, I grew up meat, potatoes, cabbage, like super heavy meats all day. Like every single meal was meat. Uh, you want a sandwich? We have duck fat and and some meat. Okay, <laughs> it's like super high high loaded calorie foods, and my body was just like, no, this is not happening. And so my health was really bad, and I I had a lot of health problems. And then when I started to just on my own, kind of intuitively be like, you know, I'm I'm gonna eat what I feel like. Maybe I'm not gonna eat right now. I re and then I, I came into my energy healing and channeling and my body was like fresh fruits, organic vegetables. This is all your body wants if you want to really, you know, do this kind of work. For me specifically, there's other people who can do that. For, but my body only wanted pure organic food, high vibration food that was giving me life back. And that's in fruits and vegetables, you know. And, and the other huge topic is the industry, especially in the U.S., um, does not treat the animals, even if it's organically raised or farm-raised. Or, However, the animals are not treated 
with respect. We are over consuming and our bodies, it's our body doesn't need that much meat. We don't need to eat that much meat and cheese and gluten and eggs. Like that is part of, in my opinion, how the matrix is keeping us all heavy and numb and in these um, emotional eating habits, right? Where, I mean, you tell someone I don't eat cheese and they're like, what? How do you not eat cheese? It's so good. My body rejects it. Like it doesn't want it. My body knows that that is not good for me. It's not going to help me raise my vibration. It's not going to help me be a clear channel and get messages. Um, if someone needs to book an, a, like a, an a immediate session and some emergency, you know, and if I had meat or, or something else, I couldn't be a clear channel. Um, or if I was drinking, like I couldn't be a clear channel. So it's, it's not helpful for our world. It's also affecting not only our health, but also our ecosystem. Our planet is dying because we are over consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's so many beautiful documentaries out there like Sea Conspiracy on Netflix, just brand new documentary. So beautiful. Um, there's so many out there to help yourself get educated. And it's about educating yourself and not following the crowd, not following, you know, your friends and your family from that pressure of like, oh, is it going to be weird? Do I have to explain myself? Once again, going back to the throat chakra of like why I'm not going to eat meat at dinner, you know, or why, you know, my mom is going to be like, I made you chicken. And you're like, I don't want the chicken and you're going to hurt your mom's feelings. And then, you know, that is not empowering then you're just being a victim. Oh, I'm going to eat it and, and, you know, be sick because my mom made this and I don't want to upset her. And we've been doing this for many years in our family. Mm. You're not going to break the cycle. You know, and most of us are here to break that cycle. There's so many layers to eating animals, but it's one, not good for your body. It's been proven scientifically. Like, proven scientifically, it's not good for your body. It slows you down your immune system. Um, really affects your your ability to self heal because you're constantly, you know, trying to digest dead animal in your body. <laughs> um, that's not giving you life. That's not giving you energy. That's not adding to anything going on healthy wise in your body. Um, it's just more toxins for you to digest. And so there's just that. There's so many layers. But I would say to anyone listening, um, to educate yourself. Do you understand what you're putting in your body? Read labels more. You know, when I became gluten-free and dairy-free, I couldn't believe how much they sneak milk and wheat and gluten into so many things, so many processed foods that you would not normally think would have wheat or cheese in them or dairy. You know, if you look at wheat thins, for example, I used to love them growing up as a kid. I was like, wow, this is full of milk. You know, and I'm like not supposed to have milk in my body. Like my body really rejects it. So read labels, educate yourself and know that the environment is actually suffering. It's mm-hmm. it's a fact. It's been proven. But the more we want to just turn our eyes and just keep doing what we're doing, we're not going to change the planet. We're not going to help um, really step into our truth um, and doing our part. And we have so many roles to play. So that's my message and I hope people hear it and really take this into consideration and not just listen to it like, oh, that was a nice podcast, but really start making a change in your life and that's going to ripple out into the world. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks for sharing that. 
Well, I, you left me speechless again. <laughs> I, I'm just glad. I'm glad that we had this conversation and Thank you. I am really grateful for you and for your work and your voice, which is really like powerful. And um, before we end this conversation, actually, I would like that you told us where people can find you. Absolutely. Um, people can find me on Instagram at Frequency Queen. I also have a website, uh, Womb Reiki, W-O-M-B-R-E-I-K-I.com. And you can find all of my Reiki trainings and private sessions and um, activations there as well. And I'd be so honored to connect with you. And um, just thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my voice and to connect with you. It's just such, this was so much fun. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks so much for your time and for sharing your passion. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more content like this, make sure to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released. You can find me on Instagram at Angeles for more free and insightful information about mindfulness, ecology, and ancient wisdom. If you want to dig deeper, you can also check out my website, inspiralosangeles.com. There's free content that you can download so you can have some keys on how to live life from a more integrated and aligned space. Much love.